Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. The NFL Podcast Network is your home for all things football. Do you love hearing analysis around the league with a touch of mirth? Or maybe you enjoy breaking down X's and O's in the college scouting scene. Do you breathe, sleep, and eat fantasy football? Perhaps you love the funny headlines that emerge each week. What if you want in-depth news coverage with reporters? Or what if you want to know exactly how each team got its name? Well, you're in luck because the NFL Podcast Network has a show for everybody. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. College athletes are finally being allowed to take sponsorship deals and profit off their own likenesses. Zyla Avant-Garde has made history as the first Black American to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee. And BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic joins us to talk all about Marvel's Black Widow and why the film may prove to be a game changer for the MCU. It's July 9th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Steve, I'm so sorry about this, but I want to start the show talking about Reese Witherspoon again. <laughs> oh, good. No, I love a good Reese opener. What's going on? Okay, this time, because it just it's just not stopping rolling in, and I love it, that apparently Legally Blonde originally had a potential ending with Reese Witherspoon and Selma Blair, like, being together romantically. Okay. <laughs> I saw this on Twitter and I was very sad they did not choose this as the ending. I know. Yeah, so I was reading about it. It was like, you know, like for a lot of movies, you know, and all the rewrites, there's tons of potential different endings. And apparently in this one, it ends with them like on some beach holding hands. And, you know, (laughs) you know, maybe it's gay. Maybe it's not. But I would choose to believe it's gay. It's that very like 2001, like wink at queerness. Yeah, where they're like, yeah, yeah. we're not going to say it, but like maybe. But you know what? I mean, I would have loved that because, you know, like Selma Blair is already like in my book for like being like a part of the queer group because of oh, yes. cruel intentions and that kiss yes. in the park. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, listen, they are making a Legally Blonde 3 written by Mindy Kaling. So, mm, Mindy, mm, maybe okay, this is the time to bring that ending back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Luke Wilson, but I do want to see it happen. I know. I do feel bad for Luke Wilson. Okay. Okay. So, moving on. The NCAA is finally letting college athletes earn money through sponsorships and off their own images and likenesses. 
up until recently, student athletes weren't allowed to earn additional income, but the NCAA announced that starting July 1st, college athletes will have the opportunity to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. The policy is a temporary measure put in place while the NCAA works with Congress to develop new official national regulations. And not long after the policy went into effect, colleges like Louisiana State University and University of Texas began pushing student-athlete influencer programs. As one promotional tweet put it, there is no better place to build your personal brand than the city of Austin and the University of Texas. I mean, what a time to be alive that this is what's happening. But I mean, I think it's way past due. Um, you know, I I have some mixed feelings about the ethics of college sports, but as long as they're happening and as long as these universities are making like many, many millions of dollars, then the students should be able to profit off of it too. They, so it's they definitely 100%, a step in the right They 100% should be. And, you know, I'm not an expert in this area, but I think like you, it's like, it's my understanding that they do not get paid to play college sports, right? Correct. They do not. They right. do not. They have to be which, amateur. Which is wild because it is, it is, wow, is it a moneymaker? Oh yeah. It's a huge industry, you know? So I think it's truly wild that these colleges are now creating right, yeah. these programs, like these influencer programs. I mean, it's bizarre that University of Texas at Austin has to now be like, this is the perfect place to come be an influencer. <laughs> it, it is wild like that, that this is what is sparking the potential change. <laughs> Right. Exactly. But hey, cash those checks because your college sure is, you know? Well, in more positive news, we really have to talk about 14-year-old Zyla Avant-Garde, who just added script Spelling Bee winner to her already very impressive resume. This is Zyla's second time competing in a Scripps Bee, and her winning word was Maria, a genus of tropical trees. Maria. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. That is correct! (laughs) She told NPR, I can't even put into words how I feel right now, and added a thanks to Bill Murray, whose name she said helped her figure out the correct spelling of the word. Not only is Zyla the first Black American to win the B, she's a basketball prodigy with three Guinness World Records under her belt, including one for most bounce juggles in one minute with four basketballs. Steven, first of all, I'd already watched this clip and listening to it again, I did start tearing up. So that's where I am today. It is such a pure video. I'm so happy for her. But yeah, as soon as you go on Twitter, you then see every other video and tweet saying, hey, hold up. She's not just an amazing speller. She can also do (laughs) one million other things. It's truly incredible. And she's funny because if you watch the clip in full, when she knows how to spell the word, she like turns to the judges and she's like, is it possible that a certain American comedian's (laughs) name would be inside the word? And they're all giggling. I mean, it. by the way, I also love that the script, the script spelling bee airs on ESPN. I know it is a sport. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's actually an athlete, like with all those basketball skills. Yeah, very true. Very true. (laughs) Congratulations, Zyla. That's friggin' awesome. (laughs) All right. So moving on, we haven't heard this in quite a while, even though we talk about Marvel all the time, but there's finally a new Marvel movie out. Hitting movie feeders in Disney Plus Thursday, Black Widow is projected to become Marvel's biggest opening since 2019, and it's been a long time coming. This standalone Marvel film also arrives at a weird time for the original Avenger, after her death and after years of being placed to the side. 
As Black Widow finally gets her own movie, many, including us, want to see it as a move towards female empowerment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic, our unofficial Marvel guide, is here to break it all down. Hi, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. So I know you've been waiting for this movie since it was announced at Comic-Con several years ago. This was an extremely long time coming because of the pandemic, so we need to know. Was it worth the wait? Are you still processing it all? We need to know all your thoughts and emotions right now. So I feel like I have to start this off by saying I've somehow accidentally already seen this movie three times. Uh (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And it came out yesterday. I don't really know what happened. Between like press screenings and then all this stuff, I'm seeing it again tonight. Chaos (laughs) is ensuing. But I loved it. It was so funny to me because I was so excited about this movie for a number of reasons. And I got even more excited about it, like, after Endgame, because I was one of those people that, like, I never really thought of Natasha as one of my favorite characters. She was kind of just there always, and, like, I enjoyed her. But then after Endgame and, like, her death hit me so hard. So then going into this, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And it... It was so good. It was such a fun movie. I think it's one of my favorite like solo Marvel movies between I think the cast is great and the action's great. It's directed beautifully and I really I it was worth the wait and I enjoyed every second of it. Oh, yay. Okay, so you know, it, again, it's finally here in the year 2021, but 10 years ago or even 5 years ago around the time the film probably should have been made, Marvel was still a different Marvel. You know, for a long time there was a lot of talk about whether or not people would pay to see a female-led action movie. And, you know, now we have Captain Marvel under our belt and Black Widow. Could this film have been made any other time than the present? I almost, there's still a part of me that thinks it would have hit a little better in the past. I think part of the emotion of it is, like, you're sitting there watching this movie and you know how Natasha's story ends. Like, you know it's not a happy ending. So I think that drove a lot of the emotion in the film, especially for me. Like, the moments that made me cry, a lot of them were tied to the fact that, like, oh, like, this is all we're getting of, like, Scarlett and Florence Pugh. Like, this is it. So that was a little bittersweet for me, and I almost wish it had come sooner so we could see, like, this growth in Natasha and see it before we hit, like, Infinity War and Endgame. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, basically the movie's situated between after the events of Civil War and before Infinity War. So you kind of get that backstory of Natasha, of, like, where she was before she popped up in Scotland and helped save Vision and Wanda. So, like, that's really nice to know, but I almost wish, even just for Scarlett Johansson, like, being the only female through most of this Marvel phase, I almost wish she had the chance to do it while she definitely. was still part of it. Yeah, Definitely, 100%, because in, in that regard, it definitely came too late, you know? But yeah. I'm wondering, do you think, like, the Me Too movement had a big impact on the film? I mean, here we have a Marvel movie getting into issues like sterilization and the mistreatment of women in general. I mean, how much do you think everything we've been through the past, like, three to five years has impacted this movie? I think it impacted it greatly, and it's also, like, you really have to look at... Like, I love Age of Ultron simply because it introduced me to Wanda, and it was great to see them on screen, but... Joss Whedon directing a movie where it tried to deal with the Red Room versus Kate Shortland directing a movie that has to do with Natasha's backstory is vastly apparent in this movie. And I think that's why I enjoyed Black Widow so much is because like 
Kate and the writers, like one of the writers is Jack Schaefer who wrote WandaVision. So it's like, it's crafted in, with such a female lens. And I think that's what Natasha was owed. So yeah, I definitely think just like everything that's go on, especially like Scarlett's spoken up about how like she hated Black Widow's costumes in the past. And like Lizzie Olsen has done the same. And I think Marvel's come such a long way with these female characters. It does feel great that this movie has come now where it's like, it's being being treated the way it should have been treated and we're not watching like a sexualized black widow you know right and you mentioned this movie was made like with a female lens and not just through the director but also uh, this was the first time the character was written with female screenwriters involved and scarlett johansson was an executive producer how crucial do you think that became in the overall making of the film do you think this would have been a very different movie if they didn't have that female lens put on it I think it would have been such a different movie. And I think about all this, like I always think of like birds of prey and there's that moment where like, they hand each other a hair tie and put their hair up before they fight. And it's like those little things. And even in black widow, it's those little moments that like you probably might not have gotten if a guy wrote this or directed it. And I think it's interesting because Scarlett knows this character so in depth that you can feel like what she was able to put into it as well. And I just think like giving her that free reign and then having Jack help write it and Kate direct it. And even like Florence, Lawrence being on set and it being such a female driven movie. I think, yeah, I think it just really, really helped this story and this character. And you can like feel it when you watch the movie. All right. We'll be right back. We're talking about what's next for diversity within the MCU with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic. Chief-It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A., to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Oh, 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 
Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic about all things Black Widow. We have to go back to where it all started. Where did you think I was all this time? We have unfinished business. My girls are toughest girls in the world. So, you know, the movie gets into darker, deeper topics than we're used to in the Marvel movie world. Talk to us about that shift and how it takes Black Widow into another new direction for Marvel. And what does having a female lead add to that? Yeah, the movie really dives deep into like the family dynamic of it all. And I feel like that's something we haven't quite like we've gotten it with Thor and Loki a little bit like that brother dynamic. But there's something so different like this is very much a found family. And I think it even makes Natasha when she's like crying during Endgame after everybody's dusted. It makes that moment even more impactful because you realize like she's had a found family and lost them and gained them several times now. So that was something that like really stood out to me in this movie. And I think it just gave her character like more she was more three-dimensional I feel like than I've ever really seen her and I don't know if that's something to do with like she's leading this movie and it's all about her or it's just we finally gotten to a place where like people know how to write her but that was really great to see and then also like diving into like the red room and like what Yelena and Natasha had to lose because they were like basically made into weapons um, and that like they never had a choice whether they could have a family and they were ripped from their you you know, parents and Natasha never knew her mom and her dad. So all of that stuff is explored. And then like you also get the like heightened action of Marvel. And like, I think that was done really well in this movie. I love what you said about how this movie gives like the most three-dimensional portrayal of the character we've seen. And I know Black Widow has a backstory rooted in her sexuality. Can you talk about how the film tackles that? Yeah, so Black Widow in the comics is just a very, because kind of like the MCU, she was one of the like first like female comic characters that people saw a lot along with like Scarlet Witch and um, all of those kind of characters we now know in the MCU so it does tackle that a little bit there's a great scene in Black Widow where like Yelena and Natasha really talk about the fact that like they can't have children and they didn't have a choice so it dives more into like that side of Natasha which I always appreciated because it was always such kind of like a throwaway in Age of Ultron it was like oh and she can't have kids and that's why she's sad all the time (laughs) It was like, oh, that's not the case. Thank you. But yeah, I think it's like, like we were saying, like, she's so much more three-dimensional and there's so much more to her story than being like, like, even like when they had the like random Hulk romance, it was like, she's so much more than that. And I think this movie does a great job at like giving fans of that character a place where they see the character they've always wanted to. And I'm just kind of sad it came at the end of Scarlett Johansson's run in the MCU. You know, so some diehard fans, i.e. purists, wonder if Marvel can push forward with more female superhero movies while still staying true to its comic book origin. You know, does that get tricky? Do you think Marvel will be able to find that balance? I think, honestly, I think Black Widow and even WandaVision are great examples of that. And we'll get it with Hawkeye because Kate Bishop will be a lead in that. Um, and I think like WandaVision is a great example because like going into that show, people literally thought it was going to flop. Like I remember tweeting when that first trailer dropped being like, 
we're all going to be talking about Elizabeth Olsen in two years. And there were people in like the comments of my tweet being like, you're so wrong. Who the hell wants to watch a Scarlet Witch? I don't even know this character. Who wants to watch it? And I think the storytelling was so good. It did not matter that it was a female lead and it didn't matter that it was these two characters that we didn't really know, but the story was so good. And I think with Black Widow, it's the same where it's, it really sets up the future of the MCU, especially with Florence Pugh. So just as a Florence fan, I'm really excited for it, but I think it proves that like you can watch a Marvel movie with female leads and the story's great. No one's going to care that it's centered on Captain Marvel or Black Widow. And then they can also, you know, change it up. Like Elizabeth Olsen has never really worn that hyper-sexualized Scarlet Witch outfit until she wanted to do the campy outfit in WandaVision. Like, I don't care that I'm not seeing her in that outfit and she's got her own great outfit that I love. So I think those little things and just like it being treated and written well will help carry it further and we'll see more of the female representation and the LGBTQ representation and that kind of thing. Yeah. And speaking of the future of the MCU, Marvel is certainly not the only franchise reckoning with its past treatment of female characters or its lack of diversity in general. Uh, But obviously Black Widow is a meaningful step in the right direction. But I'm curious, in your opinion, will this continue? Will we see things become less bro centric and more inclusive as we move forward with these movies? God, I hope so. (laughs) Just as like a Marvel fan, like, I mean, like you get it all the time. Like people assume like I'm a girl and I don't know what I'm talking about. And hopefully we're, you know, getting past that. And that's not always a thing. So yeah, I think with Captain Marvel and then Black Widow, we're getting there. And even Thor Love and Thunder, like Natalie Portman is very much the lead like one of the top leads in that movie along with Tessa Thompson and even like Hawkeye we're, and we're getting Miss Marvel and we're getting all of these other female characters going to become so important. And even when you look at Loki, like that show is riddled with female, new female characters. So yeah, hopefully we continue that shift and Black Widow is actually the prime example. Like there are some amazing action sequences in Black Widow. So it gives the like the classic dude bro Marvel movie while also so like being about Natasha and it doesn't really matter that it's about her. Um, so I'm excited where things are going and there's so many great characters coming up and I'm excited to see what their, you know, movies and shows are. Oh, you're making me excited too, Nora. I'm so ready for this. <laughs> I'm uh, ready. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me as always. That's it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, if Legally Blonde 3 is gay, then sign me the heck up. Sign me up too. (laughs) BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowza, Joshua Burnley, Tanya Bustos, Jess Goodwin, and Erica Nedanin. Special thanks to Samantha Hennig and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Hold up. 
Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.